part two of our epic girl boss episodes. It wasn't even intentional like this, but but I was super, super excited when Jen Yo decided to come in for, for our second episode of the week. Following Paige, she absolutely brought it. What we talked about a little bit, getting into the at the very beginning, outside of just being a producing agent, she's also the principal broker for just over 500 real estate agents here in Utah. And so we, we took the first 10 or 15 minutes of the show and we talked through what makes a really, really good real estate agent and who she would personally hire if she was looking to buy or sell her house. Then we kind of jumped into what it looks like in her everyday life with running her business in addition to uh, those 500 agents, but also talking through what it looks like for her business personally as a producing agent. Super, super excited for you guys to hear this episode because Jen absolutely brought it and it demonstrates why you should hire her as an agent. Jen Yo, everybody. This is going to be a little bit of a different episode. We're probably starting this a little bit, but talk a little bit through agent attraction, who you guys are at Presidio, because even if people don't necessarily do business with you, if they do it with one of your agents, what, like, what does that look like? And then we're going off script already because you're kind of a hybrid, right? Sure. The majority of people we've had on so far have been right. producing and that's kind of been the focus. What would you give us kind of a, from a broker standpoint, let's take a couple minutes to talk through that just a little bit. Okay. So who we are? Yeah, who you are, what, because you guys have an unbelievable name and have only been picking up steam over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like, what would you say that you guys do differently, who you guys are, brand, stuff like that? What your focus has been when you said, hey, I want to open up my own brokerage? Yeah, you know, at the time it was, I had just gone through the downturn in 2008, 9, 10, 11, and um, was coming out of it. And I had paid my broker about $40,000 in a year that I didn't feel like I produced very well, you know? So it was kind of like, so I started to kind of analyze what was that $40,000 worth. And um, I couldn't find another broker to offer all the things that the, this high, the, you know, corporations offer yeah. and still take way less than what, you know, some of these. What you felt like should have been taken yeah. in 2009. Yeah, yeah. So in 2011, I decided just to create my own brokerage and that's what I did. And, um, Another part of that was at my brokerage, there were some people that I felt were, I mean, they went to to prison for loan fraud. Wow. And I was kind of like, these are my colleagues, these are people I look up to. And so we started, I started the company with the motto of raising the bar. And I was really serious about it. So Were I had you to, planning on it being as big as it is? Like, I think that's, yeah. that's always an interesting question. Like, I talked to my dad about Edge, and it's like, when you started it, this probably wasn't your vision to have, what, you say five offices? We have 15. Excuse the hell out yeah, of me. My really. fault. I did poor <laughs> research getting into this. Jonah, you're fired. Um, <laughs> he's don't, like, wait, what? <laughs> don't you know who I am? <laughs> yeah. My, my apologies. No I don't worries. know where I got five from. Uh, so you guys are at 15 offices now. Like what? It, it wasn't supposed to be that probably, right? Uh, no, it wasn't. In fact, um, we were just kind of a local brokerage for a while and until probably about three years ago. And I kind of hit this space where it was like, I either scale or shut the doors <clears throat> because as a flat fee brokerage, you don't make a ton of money. Right. Yeah. And so I wanted to keep the integrity of it and keep it small. Cause a lot of the agents loved that. Yeah. But like the know, feeling and the vibe. Yeah. And the, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but in the same sense, I felt like if we grew in other branches and still kept this family vibe in each, each branch, you could really still accomplish the same thing. How do you do that? How do you scale and still maintain that family vibe, that so, family feel? Cause even as an agent, I would say like the things that were really important to me when I got started in the business, it, it's hard to maintain some of those things the busier that you get. Yeah, for right? sure. Well, as a principal broker, a lot of the reason, I mean, as a broker, a lot of the reasons people come to you, your company is because of you. And so what we did is we went out and looked for brokers that were, that already had agents that really loved them and followed them and asked them to open up a branch for us. And so that's how we started to, you know, open up 
the 15 branches we have and um you know what they are able to keep the culture in their office because you know that's why people are there. They love being around this person. They see them as um, someone to look up to, those types of things. And so that's kind of how we keep that culture. Yeah, and that's, uh, like I said, that's something that's really, really difficult to, to do as you scale. Yeah, oh, totally. Right? Yeah, I have to be there all the time. Yeah. It's exhausting, but in the same Well, sense, and I think it probably also takes even more, cor- uh, correction's a strong word, but it, it takes more diligence on your end, making sure that the things that you started with when it was one branch are felt in 15 different offices in 15 different cities and 15 different locations, right? For sure. But you know, even, even my agents at other branches call me all the time. I had a conversation with one of my agents in our South Jordan office the other day. And I think that's just, we have a family Facebook page and they see me often. And so I think they feel as though, even though they're under another broker's branch, they can still reach out to me and talk to me. So, so, and I, do you know who Bill Pipes is? I don't. So he's a he's actually the one that connected me and Chris. He's uh, he coaches a bunch of uh, high performers. I guess is the oh, term cool. that, is the term that he uses. And he's coming on the show Friday. And we're going to ask him kind of the same question. But I would love to get your feedback on it. What would you say if you were getting ready to hire your own real estate agent now? Like you've interacted with the best of the best and the worst of the worst. What do you think are one or two things that if you were looking as a buyer or a seller, characteristics that you would look for in an agent right now? Knowing that the market conditions, knowing everything that's going on, what are like one or two characters? And this is, like I said, this is completely off script. So if this doesn't go bad, Jonah, edit this. But I'm guessing (laughs) it'll be fine. Uh, We'll do our best. Yeah, but like what would you say like one or two characteristics of of a really, and I'm not even talking top performer. I'm just saying of of a really good real estate agent. Yeah, that's a really good question because there are so many. There's so many, right? right The numbers that we've been using are about 28,000, right? There's there's ballpark 28,000 active licensed agents in the state of Utah. Yeah. The numbers that Rob Audrey posted the other day was, I I think 7,500 of them have done one transaction or less in yeah. the last 12 months. Isn't that insane? Right? So 25% of the active market of real estate agents is doing one transaction in a very difficult market. Oh, yeah. In a market where you have to be on your A game, where like if you take even a, a couple of weeks off, you come back and you feel like you're behind the curve. Absolutely. Right? So what knowing the market, knowing the conditions, that's why I threw that in there, right? Because it, it, this is not a hire whoever you want to type of market. Totally agree with that. You know, it's funny because we live in a state where people are nice. Yeah. You come in from another I grew up in California. You move here, you think, oh, people are so nice. And nice is a great characteristic, but when you're dealing with a real estate agent, nice isn't the first thing I'd say you need, right? Ever. I would say professionalism is the first thing you need. Yeah. And with that, being full-time is probably what you need right now in this market. Having a part-time agent, it's so hard because there's a lot of I'm sure of you have part-time agents that work for you, right? We definitely do. Yeah. And there are some part-time agents that kill it. Yeah. But, you know, you just want to make sure. Uh-huh. So ask if they're full-time. If they're not, then ask how they fit in, you know, their client, their clients and that's that type of schedule for you, whatever it is your needs are. But professionalism is key. And it's so hard to, to really zero in on what that means. As I say, is there a way that you would vet that, right? As you're interviewing agents, how would you vet professionalism? I mean, I think... Because we've had, right? Just uh, this this episode is going to air. We've we've interviewed now two of Jen's agents. Mm -hmm. We've interviewed Kenny Sperry, Mm -hmm. which unbelievable. Great episode. If you haven't listened to it, pause this and go and listen to that. If you want to hear the caliber of agents that Jen is recruiting to her brokerage, we interviewed him. And then by the time this episode releases, also Chris Randall's episode Mm -hmm. is also going to be released. Those are two unbelievable high performing great agents that I think I would enjoy working with right so she know we know what we're talking about Jen knows what she's talking about when when she's talking about it so so zero in on what that looks like what is perfect because obviously you know how to hire it right so how would you hire it if you were a buyer or a seller yeah I think I'd I'd look at all their marketing and what they plan on doing because 
for the last two, three years, it's been throw a sign in the yard, we get it sold, right? With multiple offers above Absolutely. ask. Yeah. And it's not that market anymore. And so how are you going to work? Show me what type of marketing ideas you have and, and how creative are you is if you're, if you're a list, a seller, right? Yeah. And, um, and then show me what's worked in the past for you. Show me your history. Show me who you've been as a realtor and be able to convey that in a way that says, you know, I, I list properties. It's not, you're my first one all year long mentality, right? Yeah. And, um, and even if it is your first one, then let's talk about how you're going to get my house sold, right? Is there a certain level of production that you would look for? Like that's, that's always an easy go-to, like show me what your business looks like. You know, it's funny because I had a client come in yesterday and was talking to me about one of my agents that it, she's fairly new in the industry, but she kills it. And she yeah. actually was our rookie of the year last year. And so even though she's new and doesn't have a huge presence online, I don't think that that is, you know, the amount of transactions is the number one thing you should be focusing on. But however, how did you get them sold? Tell me that. Ask those questions, right? How did you, what happens when, when issues arose? How did you overcome those issues? Those types of things. Yeah. And that's... It, those are the things that if you haven't been doing transactions, you're not going to have anyway, oh, right? Sure. You're not going to know how to answer those questions exactly. if you're not in the market. It's so true. Well, there we go. I, I love that. That's, we just took like five to 10 minutes, seven minutes or so on, on that. And I think from your perspective as somebody that routinely hires real estate agents, yeah, uh, that's awesome feedback. So thank you for that. Well, and just so you know, I fired a lot too. So what, what's the, what's the biggest reason why you fire somebody? Like what's the quickest? Yeah. Yeah. Are we sensing a theme here? chat are we noticing what's important to Jen when it comes to real estate agents and and professionalism and and ultimately I love what you're saying because this is the number one reason why I personally wanted to start this show yeah right because I feel like there are real estate agent or sorry real estate itself has changed my life as far as purchasing and selling and investing just for my own self sure it's changed my family's life it's going to change my kids life already based on what we've been able to accomplish at an early age I wholeheartedly believe in real estate and I wholeheartedly believe in real estate agents that are worth the three percent, absolutely, and and I honestly believe that if you have a good real estate agent, they can change your life financially. Absolutely, I completely and, agree with that. And so I am like so hell bent on showing off the good ones and showing off the professionals and That's showing awesome. off those that 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 approach this at the same level that you do. I would say, and and to to continue that the agents that you've had that we've had on our show from your brokerage. So uh, professionalism is is huge, and not having it is like the biggest uh, turnoff. Is totally. that the right word? Yeah. Totally. Well, and being able to have critical conversations too. I mean. Well, that's what you said. It's not being nice. It's you have yeah. to be able to have these honest conversations yeah. with people, right? Yeah. You have to be able to say you're overpriced. And even, you know, even if I came in with the CMA and said, this is where it could be, but we don't know what the market's, it, the market just turned like in two weeks. Well, and then switched. even yesterday it just changed because yeah. interest rates just went yeah, up exactly. again, right? So to be able to go back to your client and say, okay, we're overpriced now, so we got to fix it, but not feel so afraid to have that conversation, you know? So is that, that that's professionalism, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But also being honest, like that's, that's part of that professionalism is being honest and with buyers. So I think that over the last two years, the conversation that that Jen's talking about right now is one that's going to be having to be had with sellers, I think going forward for the next couple of months. Oh yeah. Cause they have these artificial prices in their head about what their house is worth. Yeah. The last two years though, it's been with buyers, right? It's been buyers coming in and saying, Hey, I like me, I grew up in Utah. I watched my parents pay $330,000 for a one acre lot and a sure. 5,000 square foot house in Highland sure. that, that today crazy. would probably appraise for two to 2.5 million. For and sure. now I'm selling townhomes for twice that much or right. close, right? Mm-hmm. Six, low, yeah, low sixes, high fives. Yep. Explaining to people, hey, I, I know that that's what your parents paid, but let me tell you about the reality of the market today. Yeah. 
right? That's that's what it's been with buyers yeah. over the last two years. Yeah, educating, giving them facts, that type of thing. I mean, everything you're talking about right there is professionalism. Would you say that the the agents that did the best in the last two years have been able to have those honest conversations? Absolutely. That not just the, the ones that sold the most had to have more of those honest conversations than those that didn't? Absolutely, without a doubt. You are on a daily basis having to have critical conversations with people. And they're not easy and they're not fun, but they have to be had if it's you true. want to do well in this industry. Yeah. I had a client come into my office yesterday and I, I was looking up his listing and said, you're overpriced. And he said, I love your candor. Thank you for saying that. And, you know, it's just kind of like, why are the agents afraid to say that? They're going to blame it on the photos. They're going to sure. blame it on something else, else. Right. Other yeah. Than, you know, the price. The so. price is wrong. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I, yeah. No, I love all that. So I post on TikTok three times a day. Cool. Just clips from the show, different things like that. Okay. And I take everything that people say as a comment or a question or whatever. And I throw them on our three by five cards here. Okay. You're going to pick one and I'm going to read it to you and we're going to see. Because my theory is this, and you can probably either agree or disagree with this. The the people that we want to be showing off on this show are plenty capable of answering any question, any beef, any gripe, any shit talking sure. that people want to do with real estate agents. I think that you would be very comfortable. <laughs> sure. at, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing that somebody could throw out to you. Like you're overpaid. <laughs> okay. Come sure. and follow me for the day. <laughs> sure. Right. Uh, you only had to do 120 hours of school. I don't, 18 years ago, how many hours of school did you have to do? It was like a hundred. Yeah. You yeah. only had to do a hundred hours yeah. of school. What makes you, what makes you able to do this? Okay. Well, let me explain to you. You know what I mean? Like for that's sure. my theory. So we're going to prove it. So we might do one or two of these, but okay. I just want you to pick one of these and hand it back to me. Okay. Let's do this one. Ooh, good one. Okay. Oh, this is an interesting one. Why would you work with a team? If you're a real estate agent, Paige touched on this a little bit earlier today, though, so this is a great question. Why would you ever work with a team and not go solo? Um, working with a team can bring a lot of synergy. And, you know, I've seen the best teams that actually I feel like work out in the long run are husband and wife teams. Interesting. Because they have common goals. And they have common bills that they have to pay. And so they have, they have this hustle of like, we got we to gotta produce. They're super aware of what they're up against. Absolutely. And they stay together forever, right? Yeah. Where I see a lot of teams, they get a lot of turnover with agents that come in because they start doing really well with the leads that the team leads buying. And then all of a sudden they say, I could do this on my own. And then they get off the team and then they don't do so well. It's kind of interesting. So there's a lot of um, synergy that happens with teams and, um, you know, that, that, singular focus of what what we're trying to achieve and where we go it's there's a lot of great things that come from being on a team yeah i i absolutely love that because i get asked that quite a bit like with the production and stuff that i have done one of the questions that people always ask is is why not leave the builder right that's it's always kind of looked down upon like you work for a builder why not go be go do your own thing sure i can't replicate what the builder does for me i'm glad you have have to be well you have to be aware of that because like i i know what i'm worth i know what i do I could either leave and go be solo and quote unquote, not have to have the split that I do, mm-hmm. but, but that split costs something, Oh yeah, right? Like there's a lot that comes, well, that goes with that. And what they're seeing is your success in, with they're the, seeing with the numbers. That's all have. that they're seeing is numbers, right? right? But they're with the seeing, tools yeah. you have, which is your builder and you know, his subdivision. My marketing and the communities yeah. and having, I mean, if you look at what I had for the last two years, I had access to the best inventory in the state, right? You know, Edge Homes. Right. I had access to the best inventory in the state in an industry stricken market. Right. Uh, you can't replace that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And so it's funny. They see you and they go, you're such a superstar. You could just do this on your own, which you very well could. But yeah, then you also have but to switch I, over to But at the tools. end of the day, if we're here to make money, I think I'm making the same amount of money because of the amount that I have to reinvest that, my, that the builder already does, right? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. What do you think makes a good team? 
Um, 100%, it has to be a team player mentality. 100%. You cannot get on that team and think that, you know, being a single agent and I'm just going to do my own thing is going to work well. There, you have and I'm just going to take leads. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have this common goal of we're going to head this direction together. If you were getting into real estate, what would you look out for, like in a negative way? What are like red flags for you? Like you wouldn't join a team because? Um, you know, you you definitely share a huge portion of your split with a team. But again, like we just talked about your situation, you also get tools, you get leads, you get yeah. sort, the sort of things that make you produce sooner. But teams, there can be, you know, conflict with certain personalities and all sorts of things can, can happen on a team. So if a, per, if a kid, if an agent comes into my office and brand new and says, should I get on a team? Usually I could tell pretty quickly whether they need a team or not, because, you know, there has to be certain characteristics of a, a salesperson to come into this business that I yeah. know instantly is going to be a superstar. Yeah. One of them is you can just tell they have a work ethic. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm willing to go knock doors. I'm willing to go do this. Whatever no amount of rejection, no amount of, you're going to do yeah. just fine on your own. Right. But if they come in and they're like, I just don't even know where to start. I, I, you know, and we've got this mentor program, we've got training programs, we've got everything. Right. And it's like, okay, okay, I'll get to those and that type of thing. Maybe I should join a team. You start going, yeah, probably a team would be good for you to start out. Right. At least yeah. you get, get a sense of how to do the business first and then you can eventually move on. Figure out if it's best for you yeah, to move on sure. or to stay on the team. For sure. Yeah. What advantage would you say there is to a buyer or a seller that's wanting to work with somebody on a team? Uh, you get a lot of people that can always be there. I know, you know, some of the listings I've taken in the past, especially high-end listings, they, they need a lot of attention. And so when when I've got an appointment and all of a sudden someone wants to see, see the home and my seller's saying, can you get here and show the home? And I can't. You know, there's the good thing about a team is I can say, yeah, I'll send someone on my team. And, and, and it's somebody that you already know and you already yep. trust and you're not having to like play from behind, right? For sure, yeah. You get a bunch of real estate agents for the same price. Which is always a better thing. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So let's get into it just a little bit because we want to hear your story okay. just a little bit. And I've had a lot of fun. I'm sure you already know this, but I'm, I'm still learning. Um, it, it's really interesting to see where people were when they started in this business and what kind of pushed them into real estate and why real estate. Real estate draws a different crowd. It, it there, There's no rhyme or reason for background. There's no rhyme or reason for who they were before. So it's been a lot of fun to kind of see who they were, what pushed them into real estate and how that still applies to their business today. So you said you've been 18 years now. 18 years. Where were you 19 years ago? I was at a PR firm at um, <clears throat> a high tech PR firm. Sorry. <clears throat> and um, do you want a water? No, I'm good. Okay. And it and I, I had a friend that was working there with me and she she went and got into real estate and she said, come be come get in real estate. And I loved my career. I was like, well, I have a great career. I get paid well. Why would I do that? And she just, she kept begging, begging, begging. And she finally said, just get it and do it on the side then. And I was kind of one of those people that I don't do anything other than 100%, right? Yeah. So it was a little bit hard for me to do that. But then I thought, well, maybe, maybe I could do that on the side. I'm so entrepreneurial. I was like, well, I could do something else. And so I got the license, started doing it on the side in with Utah? her. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Started doing it on the side with her as a team, her and I. And we sold five homes quickly. And um, then she decided to get out of the business. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Your <laughs> guy just did the 100 hours yeah, of school. exactly. And I'm, I was just like, you know, I'm not a quitter. So I just took it from there. And I learned to love it. I, my first transaction, I just fell in love with watching the buyers, you know, find a home and buy it. And it was just the greatest, you know, interaction with people. I loved it. 
What was your involvement with real estate before? Had you bought a house? Had you done anything like yeah. that? Like, uh, was there any, was there ever another time in your life where you're like, oh, maybe real estate? Yeah, for sure. When I first bought my home at age 20, I was. Oh, um, you were a kid, kid. Yeah. I was yeah. like 23 when I bought mine. Hey, that's like, still young. Yeah, but there's very few people that I've talked to that are like, oh yeah, I was 20. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was 20 and bought my first home. And um, why? I mean, why? Why? 20 year olds aren't thinking like that. I think I was. Why? There was no way I was going to go rent. To me, that seemed lesser, right? Like, I'm not going to be a renter. I'm going to go buy, right? And so... What did your parents do? Uh, my dad, he was a, a engineer for the government. He worked really hard, hard work ethic. And my mom... Was re- that part of it? You're like, I, I watched my dad totally. work for his entire life. Totally. Yeah. Such a hard worker. And my mom, same, same way. She got her psychology degree and she was very just such a hard worker and so I learned that work ethic as a kid and went into life just thinking I can do so much better so you're 20 years old you buy your first house Mm -hmm. are you in school at the time yeah I was at UVU Utah UVSC it was UVSC at the time yeah Utah Valley State (laughs) College at the time studying uh it's computer science and marketing as my minor so then you buy your house you graduate your friend says hey come and buy yep or sorry come and come Come and be on my team yeah Mm -hmm. come get licensed and be on my team And then you just fell in love with it. Yeah, loved it from day one. It was like, gosh, this is really fun. So, I what what part of it was was like the first part where you're like, oh, oh okay, this is pretty cool. I remember I was like, so I I don't know anything different other than edge, right? That's all my experience. That's sure. all my background. I never thought I wanted anything to do with real estate, right? Watching my dad go through the recession, sure. watching like I was 12 years old, 15 years old, and I'm like, not doing that. Like yeah. that's no, I'm good. I'm gonna go do something. Yeah, and so. When I was 18, I was doing signs, right? I was I was in charge of putting all the hangman signs out in front of all nice. the edge homes, right? Well, I, if there was ever not a model home agent there, I would I had keys, so I would just let buyers walk through, yeah. right? And that was kind of the first time where I was like, oh, this is pretty cool, yeah. right? This is this is pretty cool, and then and everything kind of spiraled downhill after that, right? But like getting to watch people figure out where the Christmas tree goes and watch totally. where the kids are going to be raised and see what the backyard's going to feel like that was that was the part that I think hooked me in quickly yeah for sure I mean just the way my first time my first buyer was a first time home buyer and the way they ate out of the palm of my hand how old were you when you started real estate um 27 yeah okay so the way they ate out of the palm of my hands of my the knowledge I had and it was so limited at the time because I was so new I felt this huge responsibility to really know this business backwards and forwards when I was dealing with people that were buying and selling homes. And so it was great. I loved that feeling. Like they trust me. They know that I know what I'm doing. And that really, you know, drove me to even do more and learn more and make sure I understood this business backwards and forwards. What? Yeah. That's, that's kind of a scary feeling though too, right? Oh yeah. Like under, you understood maybe because you bought your first house when you were 20 but this is this is a big purchase for for most people oh yeah right and 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 you have to take it seriously to a certain level oh yeah well and it's funny because before i was at the pr firm i was selling rvs like big big huge toy haulers and stuff and um it I, I kept thinking, well, selling cars essentially is, is the same thing as selling homes until I got into selling homes. And then I realized it is completely different. This what is would not, you say is the biggest difference that you well, notice it's, quick? It's not a sales job. It's 100% a customer service job. It's, it's, you know, trying to help clientele figure out what it is they need, right? Not, this is the home for you. You got to buy it like I would with an RV. This is the RV for you, right? Yeah. And so total total different game. Kind of just like trying to check the boxes until they find one that they like and then you go, right? That's that's RV sales. This it, 
selling houses is different. Completely different. Yeah. It was customer service. It was, I'm here to help you figure it out. You want to get into those homes? Let's get you into those homes. So you approach that very first sale, that first time home buyer, and you realize the responsibility of it. And you probably realize too more than, I, at least this is how I feel. You realize, and you said it yourself earlier, how much you didn't know, right? Oh, and yeah. that it, you all of a sudden, you're like, I had a very limited knowledge. How, how did that impact your business going forward? Well, I immediately went to the MLS and printed out every single form on the MLS. And I think I had a, a stack about five inches thick. For those of you listening at home, what percentage, right? You sell a lot of houses, you and your brokerage. You guys mm -hmm. have sold how much last year? A billion dollars. Thank you. That's the number <laughs> we use for Kenny. So I'm really yeah. glad uh, that, that you did push that billion. A billion with a B. Mm -hmm. How many of those forms go largely unused? Oh gosh, 80%. <laughs> 80 to 85% yeah. of those forms never get touched, but you printed them all off. Printed them all off. I read every single line and at the end of, a, of the paragraph, I would summarize what it meant. And if I didn't Why? know the answer, Why? Why? I had to Why? know. I had to know everything that I needed to know out there so that my clients had someone that they could trust. And so it was all about, I, I didn't want to go into it and fake it till I made it. I wanted to go into it and know it. You know what I mean? I want to understand it backwards and forwards. So when they asked me a question, I had the answer. And so it was something, a, a, a portion of me that just wanted to be the best I could possibly be in this business. And not even necessarily to compare yourself to others because I... We're 13 episodes, 14 episodes in right now, and no one's ever said what you just said. Yeah, sure. Right, so I'm guessing you weren't doing it to compare yourself to others. Not at all. I just, I felt this huge responsibility to be a great agent for the clients, which is why our motto at Presidio is raising the bar. Like, we want agents, we train four days a week that are educated, they know what they're doing. The clients deserve that. They, they don't deserve someone that just has a license, put 180 hours in and has a license. Yeah. They deserve someone that really knows what they're doing. Well, and, uh, yeah. I, I'm not even going to add to that because I think that, that that right there, like I said, that's why I started this show is because I, I want people that are watching and, and my goal is to help you get more clients from this show. right? I want people that are watching to say like, okay, she's different. Sure. She has something else because there's not a lot of real estate agents that take this as seriously as you do. Sure, yeah. Right, and it's that's... True. It, but I love what you said because it's, it's the responsibility that you feel and I think it's... You, you still feel that? Oh, a million percent. Because you're still, you're still very actively selling houses. I am, yeah. There's not a lot of money in a flat fee brokerage. And so I do, I sell homes actively. I have five listings right now. And so it's it's definitely something that I do to make my own income as well. So what would you say is it, jumping in, you sling those first five houses and obviously you don't necessarily have your business practices set, but you had certain things that you were doing, right? What would you say that you do differently today? And what would you say has kind of largely stayed the same? Um, I think staying educated has stayed the same. Um, but I, I would think, you know, my experience is completely different. You know, I, I feel like I've seen just about every scenario, which is what makes me a good principal broker. Like my agents can come to me and I can go, okay, this is how you solve that. Right. So I definitely think the experience has changed drastically. So. And what would you say that you guys still put the same or, or you at least still put the same focus on, on knowing everything out there? Oh yeah. Um, so when people come in interview to be at Presidio when agents do, I flat out say to them, I, I want, I haven't looked up your numbers. I never do. I don't care about how much you sold. I don't care how much that can change, right? That can change really quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. I've seen people that do 21 year and four the next. And so it doesn't matter to me. And I'm not one of those brokers that's going, how much are you going to produce? How much are you going to make for me? Cause, Cause like you just said, your, your income doesn't make a lot of money for me. That's not what you're living mm -hmm. and dying on. Right? Right. No. But I say, if you can do three things, you belong at Presidio. If you can stay educated, you can treat other agents fairly and you can treat the public fairly. Then you can be, you'd belong at Presidio. Those are my expectations. I don't have any expectations over your 
production. And that sets the tone for agents at my brokers that know what I expect out of them. But I, I'm guessing that you're a big lead from the front type of person. Absolutely. I have to be. So what does your daily business look like then? Um, I for get you. Up, yeah. For yeah. you. I get up, go to the office, answer all my emails, get start. I, I do like today I did a bunch of marketing for my listings, some ads on Facebook, that type of thing. Um, set up for a broker open next week. You know, tried to get some window washers for one of my other listings you know you're constantly working on your own business but in the meantime I had an agent come in and ask me a bunch of questions on her up and coming listing I sat with her for 25 minutes I have had phone calls from agents all day long and you just you know that's kind of a typical day for me so then uh, what would you say it feels like if you're a buyer or a seller looking to hire Jen what what would what do you want them to know about that process and, and what does that process feel like for them well for one I think um we're in the business of contracts. And so I think contracts really scare people. Especially in the last two years, yeah, right? In the last totally. two years, I, I haven't seen as manipulation. Is that the right word? The, the contract being manipulated kind of like it was in order for, buy, not in a bad way, but for, for buyers to be able to have that competitive advantage in the last two years, you've seen more drop this, add this, increase this, right? You've totally. seen a ton, especially from the buyer standpoint. Maybe it's just my limited experience because I've only been in five or six years and it, it's largely been a seller's market for the majority of the time that I was in. Yeah, you're right. right. You've seen that, you've seen though that contract just be twisted and pushed and pulled on. Totally. At, at least I feel like in the last two years, more than in the last six or seven that I've been in this. Yeah, it's a really good point. People are, you know, they, they're hesitant to sign a contract with a realtor. For one, they don't know who they're, they're, they're signing up with. And then if the, that realtor ends up being a crappy realtor, then they're stuck with them, right? And so it, it definitely is a, you, you have to go in with the right mentality. Listen, I know we're going to be signing a contract, so let's let's work through all the questions you may have right now until you feel comfortable to sign that contract. And that's totally a different mentality than get the listing sold right and get the listing si signed right now and the buyer signed right now, right? Let's, yeah. let's ask all the questions and let me tell you my experience so that you know what questions to ask. That type of mentality. Ready for one more TikTok question? Let's do it. Some of these are mean. We've only got nice ones so far today, though. Mean? Well, it's just people say some mean stuff. That's funny. <laughs> Ooh, this is a good one. I think I say that about all of them, huh, Jonah? You do. Yeah. They are all good. That's the, that's what I'm saying. I think if you were a real estate agent that is confident in what you do and is confident in, in who you are as a real estate agent, any conversation that somebody wants to have about real estate, positive or negative, you're not afraid of. And, like, it's... Very true. It, it's something that like, you almost look forward to because, like, I'm like, okay, that's where I'm comfortable. Yeah. Right. You want to start talking about like personal introspective things? No, I'm good. But like sure. you want to talk about like real estate stuff, a little bit more comfortable with that. Okay. So true. This is from, I don't know how to say their name. So their big complaint with real estate is, but you have to invest so much. Right. And I, I don't want to get into, I think it's really cheesy when people are, are doing real estate. Did you know you only have to do 5% oh, down instead sure. of 20? <laughs> like, yeah, like no, yeah, everybody's seen. Yeah. A thousand reels that look like that. Sure. That's not what I want to talk about. Is the initial start and investment into real estate worth it? Oh my goodness. Right? Because you were 20 years old when you bought your house. Yeah. And I'm guessing, I wasn't there, but I'm guessing that the comments that you got were the same ones that I got when I bought one at 23, which was, you're going to be house poor. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have any extra money. You're not, you're not, you're not. Oh, totally. Right? totally. So I, I want to know, is the initial start and investment into real estate worth it? Well, it's a, it's a long, long play, right? It's a long-term play. And so you have to look at it as I'm going to stay in this home for a while and it's going to 
make me some equity, that type of thing. And every single investment I've made in real estate has made me a lot of money. Have you ever regretted a real estate purchase? Never. In fact, I've regretted ones that I negotiated too hard on and didn't get them. And you it's kind of like the girl that got away, the house yeah. that got away, right? I, I put an offer on a house in a, on St. George golf course, right? And I wanted that hole that, so my husband had, could walk out on the ninth hole every morning and you can tell she's still a little bitter about it. She, I'm you so still, sad. Like, you still remember well, it vividly. today it's worth twice as much as I yeah. was trying to negotiate down on it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I never regret a single property I bought. In fact, I bought properties that didn't produce, produce as well as I thought they would, but I never regretted it. They still produced, right? They still brought me income. They were still, well, I think more than more than that, they were still better than the alternative. Absolutely. Which was sit and wait. Or pay someone else's uh-huh. mortgage. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I, I was having that conversation with a friend the other day. I think I, I'm 20, I just turned 29. I think I'm up to like 12 or to 15, somewhere in there. Purchases, sales, all, all that stuff for myself. And I've Good never, job. oh, thank you. I, well, I, I mean, if you're in it every day, like you, you kind of need to, otherwise people are going to judge you. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to get flack for that from people. <laughs> I can already see. No, it's true though. But, you're a realtor and you rent. <laughs> pet peeve. Right. For sure. <laughs> like, what, like, ah, yeah, I'm renting. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> don't say that. Don't, don't say, say that. that out loud. Like buyers, like yeah, you need to be buying. Renting's terrible. I'm like, where do you live? Right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so going back just a little bit, what what does the process look like for for somebody that's buying or selling a house for me? Like what now that you have the experience, now that you have the knowledge, now that you're not quote unquote faking it till you make it. What should a buyer or seller expect if they're working with you? Well, for one, I, I always have my buyers come in and do a buyer consultation with me because I, I think even in a hot market where you might not be seeing market, properties and you might not, you might not, you might not. It's like, come to come to my office 9 p.m. tonight. Let's yeah. go through this, all the steps. Because it, it means matter. that much to you, means right? means that much yeah. to me. They need to know the process because if, if I'm teaching them as we go, they're not going to, they're not going to feel like they trust me, right? Oh, by the way, a counter offer means this. And oh, by the way, um, under contract means this. But if I sat them down in the beginning and said, this is the next step, then we These get what to expect and what that means is this and yeah i walk them through everything then they go out with their own confidence and i let them know what the market looks like and uh, you know what kind of offers we might we might be considering to be putting on properties you know right a year ago it was okay you might have to pay overpraised value are you ready for that and if you are how are you do you have extra cash let's talk about that and so addressing those all up front having those critical conversations absolutely yeah gets the buyer in the right mind frame and it also saves me time is well, it, I think it allows you to adjust and correct, right? Totally. If they're coming in saying, this is what I want to buy, you're going to have to say, okay, I either need more money. We need a co-signer. Yep. We need, we need, we need something, right? Absolutely. They're all, they're actually ready. Just a pre-approval letter is not the only thing no. you need, right? You really need to have them mentally ready and all sorts of things. So having that, those conversations, same thing with my listing, sit down with them. And I take, I've been at a listing presentation for three hours before. And so you really have to take time and really truly dig through everything, their needs, what they, what their expectations are, what I can provide, those types of things and, and make sure they know, know who they're working with. Do you think your buyers or sellers would ever describe you as nice? I think they would describe me as nice, but also very um, just able to have conversations that might be slightly uncomfortable, but also very true, right? I'm going to be very truthful with you. This is how it looks. This is what this looks like. And, you know, it may be uncomfortable, that type of thing. Do you think you've ever lost a deal because of that? I don't, I don't think I have, but yeah. maybe. But I think that I think that that's one of the things as a real estate agent that's really hard. And you said it earlier when you said that this is not a sales job. Yeah, it's not. But but at least for me, that was like part of like what I felt like I was fighting early on was almost trying to sell people on certain things. And it's like 
you can sell them all day long, but that doesn't change the reality of the market. Right. It doesn't change the reality of what their house is worth. It doesn't change the reality of what their offer needs to look like. It's so true. Well, have you, you've heard of sales walls. People's yeah. sales walls go up. Have you ever heard of people's customer service walls going up? No. No, there's no such thing. Yeah. So when you're giving them customer service, all of a sudden there's this, a, a, a exchange of trust. There's an exchange of, okay, I believe you. I can work with you, that type of thing, rather than you should get into this house because it's going to you know, be the right home for you mentality. And it's like, hang on, I feel like you're selling me something, right? I think the analogy that I heard that, that helped me understand it best was like, if you go to the doctor and you're having stomach pain and the doctor says, okay, well, tell me what's hurting. You're like, ah, it's my knee. You're never going to get better. Right. Right. And so like, that was like the first time where I was like, okay, I need to... I, I took it personally when I heard that analogy, like, okay, I have to be good enough at what I do. I love this, the phrase that you just used. It's an exchange of trust. Mm-hmm. I have to have these people, or I have to be so good at what I do mm-hmm. that these guys feel comfortable telling me that their stomach hurts, yeah. that, 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 that buyers are, or I guess I only, <laughs> I only work with seller, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like I, people have to be comfortable enough with saying this doesn't work for this reason. Yeah, for sure. And, and that takes, that, that does take a certain skill set, and that I, but I think it's a customer service mentality, right? Absolutely. If you're there to serve them, I, I, I tell all my sellers, listen, you're the pilot. I'm the co-pilot. I'm just here to, to do what you tell me to do, right? Even though I, I know the job backwards and forwards, if they don't feel like they have a little say in what's going on, they're just going to think someone came in around the show, right? Yeah. So you kind of have to go, we're going in, in, into this together. It's an exchange of trust, really. Well, I love that. Who, uh, we talked a little bit about who, who you were before business mm-hmm. and then who you were in the business. Who, who are you outside of the business now? Oh, you know, I am a, I, I love dogs. We, fo- my husband and I foster dogs. We, what's um, the most amount of dogs you've ever had at one time? We only do one at a time. Okay. Actually, that's a lie. We've done like maybe two, okay. but, um, because we, he's a workaholic, I'm a workaholic. What it's does not he do? fair to the dog. He sells granite and tile to the builders. You probably, Edge probably buys all their probably. slabs from him out of Arizona tile. But, um, you know, we, we, uh, we foster dogs, we get them adopted. It's our kind of, we don't have our own children. So it's kind of our way to fulfill that maternal and paternal instinct that we have. And, and, uh, and then we love to travel. So that's kind of what we do. Favorite trip, favorite trip you've ever been on? Um, Anguilla. I don't even know where that is. Yeah. It's in the middle of the Caribbean. It's just beautiful Island and it's just quiet and, and, you know, not so touristy. Nobody go there. No, don't go there. <laughs> don't stay at the five star say blue. <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, that, that wraps up just about everything that we want to talk about. Any free advertising that you want to give to anybody, any lenders you want to shout out, anything like that? No, I just want to say edge homes is amazing to realtors and to their clientele. I've, I've had multiple transactions with you guys and I've had nothing but great experiences. So well, we appreciate that. We yeah. know that that's where our business comes from. That's I think 80 something percent of our deals for the last two years have all been, have all been represented by agents. Yeah. Right. Which is tens of millions of dollars in commissions that Edge has never balked at. I know. Never once. And yeah. you know, I started at the same brokerage your dad did. And so I knew him a lot of years and as he started Edge and that type of thing. And so it was, uh, it's fun to see where he's at today. Well, you can tell that those practices, that's, that's why I love asking that question. Cause I, I think that that the reason why Edge has been so realtor friendly, even in a time when we probably could have got away with not being realtor friendly. Is mm-hmm. that fair enough to say? A million percent. I, there's a lot of builders that weren't. Still aren't. <laughs> They're coming back though pretty quickly, they're huh? All of a sudden. Yeah, they're coming back really quick, yeah. huh? There's a lot of incentives and bonuses being oh, yeah. thrown out there, I, but but going back to the beginning is that that's where his roots are. Uh huh, for sure. And, and even though he's not licensed anymore, he still very much understands everything that it takes for you to represent a buyer. Yeah, it's and just because they popped into a model on a Saturday afternoon doesn't mean that you shouldn't 
right be paid you just never know what the back history is and how many how many hours have been put in with that uh, that's what i'm saying like i have never once i've done 450 500 transactions with edge now and i have never once turned in a buyer broker agreement i've never sure. once had a commission <laughs> dispute like that w- which that's says amazing. a lot which says a lot about Very the company true. i totally agree well, we appreciate the shout out. Yeah, for sure. And we appreciate you coming on the show. Honestly, Thank you, you. you've been I had awesome. A great time. I, the insight that you brought from a broker standpoint about w- w- what you should be looking for in an agent, I think, is is huge. So, thank seriously, you. I thank appreciate you. It. Thanks for having me on. Of course.